The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Breaking news from KXAN News. And we do have breaking news off the top. Thanks for being with us. I'm Daniel Marine. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. About one in six people in Travis County are still without power this afternoon. And we are waiting for city officials to give us an update. And just a couple of hours ago, Austin Mayor Kirk Watson and Travis County Judge Andy Brown signed local disaster declarations, which is the first step in seeking federal assistance. Now, at any moment now, we expect a progress report from Austin Energy. KXN's Brianna Hollis is also in that room. She's preparing to ask a few questions. Brianna. Hey guys, yeah, they're just uh, working on some audio fixes on the city side right now, but this should be starting any minute. Now, this is going to be um, an operational update. I know we heard from Mayor Kirk Watson as well as Judge Andy Brown earlier addressing the disaster declaration, but right now, right outside the door, I see Austin Energy City Manager Spencer Krong, Public Works, and EMS who are going to come provide that update and I mean this is personally the fourth press conference regarding this topic that I have been in. We've addressed a lot of things from communication issues, from what it's actually like for the Austin Energy crews out in the field, from debris clearing and EMS emergencies and what they're dealing with and the staff is walking in right now so we're going to go ahead and switch that audio channel over so we can hear them in just a minute. All right. Great. Well, good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us again uh, today. Tonight, we will be updating you on progress that we made today, our plans for over the weekend, and actions that have taken that will aid in our city's recovery. For those residents that are still without power, please know that crews are working around the clock to remedy that, and Austin Energy will be providing an update for you shortly. Today, the city and the county both signed disaster declarations, which helps form additional partnerships and draw down state and federal aid. And it's an important step in raising awareness and requesting and obtaining federal resources. Also, our Development Services Department has announced that they will work retroactively with homeowners, business owners, and contractors to permit and inspect emergency repairs to ensure work was completed safely. That means that work can be immediate, begin immediately on repairs. Interim Director Jose Roy of the Development Services Department will have details on that initiative in a moment. We still have a lot of work ahead of us as we continue to recover and assist residents affected by the storm. And that work also includes assessing our response to this storm and identifying ways in which we can do things better. Joining this, this, me this evening from Austin Energy is uh, General Manager Jackie Sargent, Vice President for Field Operations Elton Richards, also EMS Chief Rob Luckritz is here with important safety messages. And again, we have Director Ken Snipes with Austin Resource Recovery and Interim Director James Snow and the Public Works Department. This is largely an Interim Director Jose Roig of the Development Services Department will have details on that initiative in a moment. We still have a lot of work ahead of us as we continue to recover and assist residents affected by the storm. 
And that work also includes assessing our response to this week's storm and identifying ways in which we can do things better in the future. Joining this, this, me this evening from Austin Energy is uh, General Manager Jackie Sargent, Vice President for Field Operations Elton Richards, also EMS Chief Rob Luckritz is here with important safety messages. And again, we have Director Ken Snipes with Austin Resource Recovery and Interim Director James Snow in the Public Works Department. This is largely an operational update, but we want to keep our community informed about work that is happening and that will be happening throughout the weekend. I'll first turn it over to General Manager Jackie Sargent. Thank you, Spencer. I'm Jackie Sargent, Austin Energy General Manager. Today, we continue to make progress on restoration. Since this morning, we have restored 13,021 customers for a total of 195,180 restorations since the start of this event. Currently, there are about 1,700 outages affecting 109,000 customers. While weather conditions have improved and tree limbs breaking has decreased, crews are continuing to see complexity, which makes restoration times more challenging. In some cases, your homes or businesses may not be ready to receive power. You may have to call for an electrician for making repairs. We've prepared this chart for you that talks about the portions of the system that Austin Energy owns, and those are those in orange, numbers one, and numbers four. The parts on your home that, in, that you have are number two, seven, six, five, and three. In the event that there has been damage to portions that belong to you, you will need to contract with an electrician to make repairs to those. And that would include the mast or the part that on top where our electrical service connects to your equipment. And then the riser pole that goes down to the meter can. The meter can itself and in the case that you may have uh, batteries, an inverter, or solar panels, that would be your responsibility as well. And we will make this graphic available to the media. I want to talk a little bit about mutual aid. And since this morning, we have received six more crews from uh, City Public Service Energy, or CPS Energy, in San Antonio. And I want to give a shout out and thank all the mutual aid teams that are here supporting us to restore power for our community. I also want to thank our crews that continue to work around the clock to restore every customer. Everyone at Austin Energy is supporting these efforts. For example, in customer care, they texted about 75,000 customers who are signed up for outage alerts whose power has not yet been restored. They fielded more than 8,400 uh, calls earlier today, and an email has gone out to our residential customers who have provided us with their email addresses. Thank you to the entire Austin Energy team, and thank you, thank you all for your continued patience as we work hard to ensure that everyone's power is restored. And with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Elton Richards, to talk about our restoration efforts, the process, the crews that we use, and how that works. Elton? Hey, what's up, guys? Good to see you again. Uh, full disclosure, this is a clean shirt. I've just got 20 of them this same color, so I just wouldn't let you guys know that. Uh, so I don't have a script, but I do have some talking points because if I don't, it's going to be like shiny object, and I'll be off on something else. 
So the high-level overview, yesterday when I, I spoke to you, I, I told you that today would be a good day, and it was. We had 64 circuits yesterday. We're down to 39. Almost cut that in half. We had 150,000 customers. We're down to 109. So that's 40-something thousand customers. So it was a really, really good day. So the restoration efforts. Uh, and before I go there, I would like to, to disclose something. I was in all four quadrants of the city. And I just want you to know my heartfelt prayers go out to everyone that was affected by this storm. Because it wasn't just an electrical storm. I saw trees on people's vehicles. The, the car that they used to drive back and forth to work and groceries crushed. Fences crushed. Corners of houses down. The roof crushed. It, it, it just, my heart breaks with the damage that was done, not even counting the electrical side. So please, uh, I'm just heartfelt prayers for that. Uh, I would like to also thank the citizens and customers of Austin Energy, uh, all my crews, and I'd like to thank them because they're doing an outstanding job. They're getting tired, but they're still going. The mutual aid guys are here. They're crushing it. But uh, I was telling Jackie and Tammy Cooper in the back, uh, not one job site that I go out to today is somebody didn't roll the window down and say, thanks, guys, appreciate what you're doing. When I got coffee from a guy this morning, the barista behind said, I lost power, but I appreciate what you guys are doing. So for the community, it just thank you very much for, for supporting my guys. So the types of crews that we've got out there is we've got a single person, which is what we call a troubleshooter. And they can go out individually, they can take a look at the item, and they can close like a fuse or something in, but they can't do a massive job because of the size. Then we have restoration crews, which can be anywhere between three to six, depending on what the size of the damage is. These are the ones that are going to replace the risers, put new cable back up, change poles out. Then we've got other individuals that we call a patroller that's qualified, so they can go out, walk the circuit down, which is what I was talking about yesterday, and they annotate all the damage that's done so they can feed it back to the crews so they load the proper material up. I know one of the points of contention has been the uh, estimated time of restoration. I didn't know that many people watch Twitter, but I guess I got on Twitter saying I wasn't comfortable giving an ETR, and I, I guess that was a big thing. But here's the reason why. The crews today walked out a job that's in a wooded area, so there's no way to see it. It's over a half a mile long. There's five spans of wire down, which anywhere between 150 to 300 feet of wire, a possible broken pole, and a communication tower laying on top of it. Now, if I didn't know that was there, I'd say ETR tomorrow at noon. As soon as I found that out, that's another two days. So that's, that's why until my crews see everything that's out there, it's hard for me to tell you when it's going to be done. I would rather wait and give you something that you can believe than to just throw something out so you get some wish list. So that's that's the ETR piece of it. The successes today were the weather was awesome. The, the guys, in, they, they were able to get out. They were able to access all the roads. I will tell you, it is still extremely muddy out there. The water table is saturated, so some of the trucks were getting stuck, pulling them out, but that's fine. But that also adds a challenge on the root systems are still very weak on these trees. Even though the ice is gone, some of the limbs are damaged, some of the root systems are damaged, so you're still going to see some trees come down. Remaining challenges is just accessing everything and getting eyes on. As Jackie stated, we've got over 150 employees for mutual aid right now that willingly came up here to help us out. i got 50 more coming in tomorrow, and I can tell you they've been knocking it out of the park for us. So they're doing great, and that's why we had the success we had today. Uh, the challenges are going to be continuing the, the large spans, the poles down, which take a while to change out, and then just a walk down. 
So to give you an example of the way that this works is they start at a substation which has a breaker, and that feeds the line. What they're doing is they're going down to an opening, opening it up so it's everything downstream is de-energized, livening that section up, and then cleaning the next section up, and it's almost like hitting switches all the way down. There are some side pieces of that that if there's damage with like a couple hundred customers on it, they're cutting it into clear and coming back for that. The reason why we're, we're still trying to take care of the large customers. We still got a lot of customers out that we're going to be working on. So we're working into the night. Again, my crews are knocking it out of the park. I couldn't ask for better crews. Uh, thanks for you guys' support, and, and we'll continue to, to work the numbers down for you. But definitely appreciate you guys. Hi, good evening, everyone. Uh, I want to thank uh, City Manager Spencer Crown for the leadership during this emergency. My name is uh, Jose Roy. I am the interim director for the Development Services Department. We understand that many people are concerned about how we go about these repairs in the homes and how we get the power restored. So I want to let you know that we are here to serve the community and we have adjusted the way we actually deal with permits and inspections to actually serve the community the better way. Uh, community safety is our main priority. Work can begin immediately on emergency repairs in homes and businesses, and this includes the removal of the fallen trees and limbs that are not on power lines. You have to be safe or in the right of way. The Development Services Department will work with homeowners, business owners, and contractors to retroactively permit and inspect emergency repairs to ensure the work was completed safely. All emergency work will be prioritized. There is a dedicated web page for emergency repairs and permitting available at austintexas.gov backslash emergency-permits. This page provides information on which work types require permits, which ones do not require permits, and how to proceed with permitting for an emergency repair, and how to connect with the DSD representative for help or questions about the process. You can reach us for assistance for emergency permits and inspections by calling 311 or you can also call 512-974-1500, Monday through Friday from 7.45 a.m. to 5.45 p.m. Residents can also contact Development Services using the chat feature in our website. And for in-person support, we recommend that you go to our site at the Permit and Development Center located at 6310 Wilhelmina Delco Drive. Thank you. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good afternoon. Uh, Rob Lukritz, uh, EMS Chief, Austin Travis County EMS. The EMS department continues to see an increase in calls overall with about a 25% increase uh, from a normal day. Most concerning for us, however, is the increase in calls related to carbon monoxide exposure. Since this morning, the number of carbon monoxide responses that we've had has more than doubled. This morning, during our earlier press conference, two additional patients were airlifted to San Antonio in serious condition due to carbon monoxide from a generator that was in their garage. This is in addition to the uh, family that was transported last night to San Antonio. I implore you, and I cannot emphasize enough, carbon monoxide is a killer. You may not know that you've been exposed until it is too late. 
If your power is out, do not use generators or grills in enclosed spaces, even if you have a window open or if it's in the garage and the door is open. Generators must be located at least 20 feet from your home, outside, with the exhaust facing away from the structure. In addition to our responses related to carbon monoxide, we are also seeing a five-fold increase in our response to traffic collisions. We responded about 50 collisions within the past 12 hours, and in comparison, on the same day a week ago, we responded to nine collisions in that same time frame. The majority of those collisions are happening at uncontrolled intersections where signals are out. These lights are even harder to see as we enter the evening and overnight hours. If you're on the road, please pay close attention. If you come across a light that is not working, please treat it as a four-way stop. Finally, as a reminder to the residents, if you have a medical condition that requires at-home medical equipment, you can contact EMS via the 911 system if your equipment is failing. If you lack power for an oxygen generator or other durable medical equipment, please contact us. Our Collaborative Care Communication Center line is open 24-7 to address the medical needs. With that, thank you very much. Good evening. My name is Director Ken Snipes, Austin Resource Recovery. On Tuesday of this past week, uh, Austin Resource Recovery uh, suspended services a bit early due to deteriorating weather conditions. Um, collection services resumed on Thursday, yesterday. Uh, today, we've been able to make up most of our routes. We will complete the week's routes uh, tomorrow. Uh, so we'll be fully caught up uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, collection services will be on a normal schedule starting on Monday. As it relates to debris management, right now the city has about a total of 29 collection crews out uh, managing debris. Over this weekend, we'll be working to add more crews uh, through a couple of contracts that we've, uh, cooperative contracts that we've created. We'll have uh, three contractors coming on with Austin Resource Recovery. Each one of those contractors will bring in, bring in about additional 10 crews. Uh, and so we'll have all of those people starting on Monday, uh, working to continue the work of uh, picking up all the debris, getting out into the communities, and uh, making it safe for everyone to uh, traverse the community uh, through debris management. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm James Snow, Engine Director of Public Works. On behalf of Public Works, I'd like to thank everyone for the collective effort over the last three days. I personally want to acknowledge our field and staff for all their hard work during this response. Currently, the City of Austin has 29 crews deployed for clearing debris in the right-of-way. Nine from Austin Resource Recovery, 15 from Public Works, four from Watershed, and one from Parks. These crews will work throughout the weekend. This morning, Texas Division of Emergency Management and Texas Forestry reached out to the City and will respond and is responding and providing five additional crews to work through the weekend to help with our effort. I want to take this opportunity to thank them for their assistance. Currently, Public Works is reconfiguring our, our operations group to increase the number of crews we'll be able to deploy starting Monday to 41. Texas Forestry will be able to provide three additional crews, which will bring the total of 44 crews that will be dedicated to this effort. These crews will be focused on clearing the right-of-way of debris and placing the debris on the side of the road so Austin Resource Recovery can pick up the debris as part of our coordinated effort. As of this afternoon, crews have responded to over 600 debris requests and currently have are working a backlog of over 500. Please understand that we're trying to work as quick as possible, but our priority work as follows. Safety and of the citizens and mobility for emergency responses first, high traffic roadways second, Third, grouping of debris requests to maximize efficiency, and fourth, individual neighborhood streets. Please note that Public Works cannot remove trees that are not on the public property. 
residents should not attempt to remove limbs that have been in the public area, as this creates a safety hazard. Please leave it to our professionals who are working as quickly as we can. If citizens need to report down trees in the right-of-way, please call 311 so it can get in the queue so Public Works can address the issue. That's the end of my update. Sergeant uh, Paige Herbert, the city is also here. I know you've been saying that you all didn't anticipate the storm to be as bad as it turned out to be. At any moment, did you think that possibly it was a good idea to have a plan in case, you know, to plan for the worst case scenario being that we know weather events are oftentimes unpredictable? So we do uh, extensive planning efforts and we did plan for this event and we had crews that we had um, brought in um, from Austin Energy, both our employees and contract crews. We had all of those identified and listed and in queue and available to us. And so based on the information that we had, the number of crews that we had, the number of contractors that we had available, we felt that we were positioned uh, for this event, which typically works has worked very well. And Mr. Richards can expound on that further if you like. Um, not understanding the extent that it would be across the entire service territory and it would be the amount of freezing precipitation that as I talked about this morning adds so much additional weight um, to the trees and, and it continued um, that that was something that we did not realize and, and weren't fully prepared um, to address. But that's why we called then as soon as, as it became obvious um, when outages started occurring on Wednesday morning and reached out to our partners and started uh, getting those resources for what we call mutual assistance. You mentioned that people will have to call an electrician if there's damaged portions on their home. How obvious is that though? And what would happen if Austin Energy got out there and it turned out there was a piece of the resident's property that was the issue? Does Austin Energy just have to leave after that? Yes, Austin Energy cannot work on the resident's um, property or their equipment. Um, that's why there's the specific demarcations. Um, also, uh, it should be noted that uh, Austin Energy does vegetation management underneath their main power lines. They do not do the vegetation management under the service drop or around the service drop that goes from our uh, equipment to the homeowner's equipment. That is the homeowner's responsibility. I'm looking for anybody who can answer this. Um, you know, first thing this morning, we had about 122,000 customers still without power. Nine hours later, and that number is only down to 110,000. Uh, at that rate, we'd still be looking at a few more days before everyone gets back power back on. I mean, is there anything put in place where the pace is going to get put, put up, or can we expect a pickup in the restoration, the whole process? So, as we continue to uh, restore services, what we're seeing is we're continuing to see additional outages come in. As um, Mr. Richards talked about, the trees are compromised. And so there are instances where we're continuing to see that impact um, our, our customers and create more outages. And so it's still, you know, 
two step, maybe now it's three steps forward and two steps back. Before it was two steps forward and three or four steps back. Um, so things are improving. And as we continue to see that, as we continue to see the breaks in the weather, the improvement in, in the daytime temperatures, that is going to help us and help our restoration efforts. We've heard from a lot of people in nursing homes and assisted living facilities saying they still don't have power. Is that considered a critical infrastructure? Where do those lie on the priority list? So it's, it's not what we would refer to as critical infrastructure. It's critical loads. And so as they're classified in the system, there's different levels of critical loads. And so they would fall within uh, one of those um, classifications as long as they have registered with us that they are that, that type of load. And there's a process uh, for customers to do that. And so um, as we work to restore power, we're focused, our priorities are on those critical loads. And then we're looking at those largest uh, number, those outages that are affecting the largest number of customers. And then we're looking at those customers that have been out for the longest periods of time. So would those facilities only be considered critical, like you said, if they're registered through a process through Austin Energy? That's correct. Through the weekend, what can residents expect in terms of updates on power restoration timeline um, and everything else that y'all have been talking about today? What's the next phase going to So we'll continue with our communications. Um, our team has been responsive to all media requests that we've received, either for in-person interviews or for um, information. Um, we'll continue to do that. Um, you'll continue to see the information that flows through on our outage uh, map and the numbers, I expect that you're going to continue to see those numbers go down. And I would ask uh, Mr. Richards to talk about how as we work into this, we're going to see that we're going to get these bigger outages and then there's going to be these smaller outages that are going to need to be addressed. And those become sometimes more challenging. Thanks, Jackie. Uh, I'd like to follow up with the young lady I asked when she stepped out about the prepared for this and being ready for it uh, our timeline was we opened tuesday night at 2000 before the storm even came in we'd already had two command calls for incident command to set everything up we stood up at, at 2000 on tuesday night at midnight on tuesday night we had a, a, a an incident command call our customer count was zero no outages we had another call at zero four hundred the storm had just came in that's when the weather changed from a quarter of an inch up to three quarters of an inch or an inch of ice. We had 28,000 customers out, and we still had all our crews on system. At that time, we had already started talking about mutual aid. At 8 o'clock in the morning, we had already had requests out for mutual aid. So I, I just want the customers to know, you know, we didn't get bondsided. We do prepare for you guys, uh, and we did, we did the best that we could on this one, and we got the crews here as fast as we could. But again, for them to depart earlier, the, the weather conditions for them to leave, they have to all here, arrive here safely too. So we have to worry about their safety. And now we've got the full crews on. Uh, for the gentleman that asked a question about the, the count coming down, uh, remember yesterday I said there's not like an average that you can throw in there. And, and I'll, I'll kind of explain it. You know what I talked about, that circuit from the substation all the way to the end. Let's say you've got 3,500 customers on that complete circuit. That main piece of it, if you look at like a power strip, that's the main power strip, and then you got extensions going off of it. Once that main one comes on and we liven it, one of those side strips might still be out. So what we're going to do is we're going to unplug those 500 and pick up the 3,000. 
and then we're going to come back and restore those 500. But the problem is, before we go back for that 500, we've got 20 other 3,000 that we're going to go for. So if you just happen to get called in that cluster, you know, I, I apologize, but it, it's, it is just the nature of the business. Uh, we'll, we'll get it as fast as we can. But just like yesterday when I said you'd see a sharp downtake, today's going to be a great day. Uh, when they get these circuits walked down and they start living them, you're going to see the numbers continue to go down. As Jackie stated, uh, the integrity of the trees is bad out there. Uh, so I think we'll see some outages, but I think the, the large scale compression is going to continue through the weekend. My guys aren't stopping. They're still out there pounding okay, street Austin, right now. Energy Midnight and tonight, Austin City leaders, they're providing an update on the situation right now. 109,000 customers still without power right now. They say their crews are making some progress, but they are still facing obstacles. A lot of it is just accessing some of the lines, so they're still not ready to provide an estimate as to when all of the power could be restored. All right, Daniel, and let's look now at the other power outages in Central Texas and those nearby counties. Blue Bonnet has just over 1,600 customers out. Encore is reporting more than 58,000 customers still in the dark. Pernalis has more than 21,000. And of course, remember when they say customers, that's an address that gets a bill. So you add those family members up and there are easily more than half a million Texans in the dark tonight, David. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Incredible. Now day three of the power outage for many of us. Roughly one in six people in Travis County still in the dark and cold tonight. We talked a lot last night about what we don't want you to do. Improper car or generator ventilation. Catching things on fire by accident with a space heater. Here's what we should be doing if you are one of many without power. Stay warm by layering up your clothing, hats, gloves, even ski parkas or pants if you have them. Keep Keep everyone in one room. Austin Travis County EMS says this can actually warm up the room, especially if it's a smaller room in your home. Close the doors as well. Pull your curtains shut now that the sun is setting. That can help keep the cold air out and a little bit warmer air in. South Austin, unfortunately, we have not gotten as much sunshine as we hope today. Persistent clouds across the city on the Wildflower Center cam. This little area of cloud cover is starting to shrink, but we are not confident that it goes away overnight. That actually could be a saving grace in keeping us above freezing as it acts like a blanket after the sun goes down. It's been a chilly day. 40s in Burnett and Georgetown, 50 degrees. So far, our high temperature in Austin. Things only improve from here, but it will still be cold tonight. 38 degrees, your forecast low, way too cold for those of us who don't have heat. But look at the weekend, 61 with some late day sun on Saturday, 70s on Sunday into Monday. Some areas may push 80 degrees on Monday afternoon. A couple of cold fronts and storm systems bringing us some beneficial rain next week, but no threat of ice at this time. We're back here at 6. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.